and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason. Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400 and online at thegamesportshow.podbean.com. As the man said, my name is Scott Nason, broadcasting from our ESPN 1400 studios in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, on this Monday, April 19th, 2021. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, We'll be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight where we will join Detroit Pistons basketball in progress as the Pistons host the Cleveland Cavaliers at Little Caesars Arena. Joining us in the first hour of the game, David McKeg Jr., host of the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, and co-host of this show will join us talking about the Ontario Hockey League and the National Hockey League, along with co-host Butch Davis, host of his own show, Butch on Sports, who will join us to talk about the Metro Detroit sports scene. Then in the 7 o'clock hour, we will have our roundtable with Butch, and we're hoping to be joined by E.J. Russell host of the hot seat in Escanaba, Michigan. We have a lot of local sports to cover, so let's start right now with winter sports season. Yes, the season has been over for a couple weeks, but there are awards and honors that have come about, including one for Mr. Carlos Molina, head coach of the Rudyard Bulldogs girls basketball team, who was named the Division Four UP Coach of the Year. In voting by the UP Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association, in Molina's fourth season as head coach of the Bulldog girls, he led Rudyard to a co-championship in the EUP conference, a district title, their first ever regional title, and a quarterfinal appearance with a 12-6 overall finish as Rudyard were knocked out of the court in the quarterfinals by Carney Nadu by the score of 62 to 52 in what was a very good well it wasn't very good it was a great season so congratulations to head coach Carlos Molina named Division 4 UP coach of the year the Eastern Upper Peninsula had 12 players named to the all Upper Peninsula girls basketball teams this was all sorted out at last week's UP sports writers and sports casters shindig Sioux High sophomore Claire Erickson, St. Ignis senior Haley Marshall, and St. Ignis junior Allie Schultz were all voted to the All UP first team in Division One through Three. Erickson, a six foot forward, led the Blue Devils in scoring this past season, along with rebounding. And Erickson and Marshall, they were co-players of the year in the Straits Area Conference. Marshall, a four-year starter at point guard. She averaged, averaged around 17 points per game, and she is going to Hope College. Schultz, a junior guard, was the EUP's leading scorer, just over 19 points a game. Suhai's all-UP honorees include senior guards Lilia Laspa and Jordan Haller who both received all UP second team recognition in division one and three St. Ignace senior Emily Hart. She was named all UP second team in division one through three Rudyard senior senior rather Chesney Molina and Pickford junior Kennedy guild. 
They were both unanimous selections to the All-UP first team in Division 4, and they were also the co-players of the year in the EUP conference. Melina, she averaged just over 16 points a game, and she shot 82% from the free throw line on the season and was all-conference first team in both the EUP conference and straights area conference. Guild lettered Pickford team in scoring for a third straight year, scoring just over 16 points a game for the Panthers. Excuse me, Cedarville senior Alicia Cosley, Newberry senior Katie Rahilly, and Pickford junior Lizzie Story, along with Engadine sophomore Leah French, they all received all UP second team honors in Division Four for girls basketball. So High girls basketball team was awarded the Division One through Two Team of the Year in the Upper Peninsula in voting by the UP Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association this past week in Marquette. Rudyard Seniors Bradley Hall and Marlon Staten, they are the Straits Area Conference Wrestlers of the Year. Hall was recognized as a Straits Area Conference Lower Weights MVP, while Staten received Top Upper Weights Conference recognition in recent voting by league coaches. Both Hall and Staten were regional individual champs this past season. Hall received Conference Wrestler of the Year honors for a third straight year. He finished third at the Michigan High School Athletic Association's state final in the 103-pound division, which was the meet, rather, was at the Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, and Staten was eighth in the state and in the 285 division in the finals. Lake Superior State men's basketball coach Steve Henniga announced the recipients of the team's awards for the 2021 season. Junior forward Kimon Bassett, a transfer, was named the Lakers' most valuable player. Bassett, who was named All-Gliac first team, led the Lakers in his first season with the team, averaging just over 15 points a game. Freshman guard Blake Cassidy received the Most Improved Player Award as Cassidy appeared in 12 games for the Lakers during his first collegiate season, of course, coming from Northern Michigan in Pelston. Junior guard Justin Fisher here in the Bud Cooper Coaches Award. Fisher, a native of Sterling Heights, started all 19 games this season, leading the team in rebounding this past year. Junior guard David Wren, who played his first season for the Lakers after spending the previous two seasons at Schoolcraft Community College, was named the team's best newcomer. Redshirt sophomore forward Tristan Meissen was recipient of the Tom Thornton Award, which is presented to the student-athlete who persevered, never gave up, and was a great teammate. And finally, junior guard C.J. Robinson. He is the program's first recipient of the Chris Bull Award. This award is presented to the student-athlete that best exemplifies toughness and a willingness to sacrifice himself for the betterment of the team. Looking at some other winter sports news, uh, Laker forward Ashton Calder was named the Western Collegiate Hockey Association Forward of the Month back in March. The junior forward from Sault Ste. Marie finished the month of March with 11 points in seven games for the Lakers. Calder led all WCHA players in points during March with seven goals and four assists in eight games. For his three-goal effort in the title game of the WCHA championship, Calder received most outstanding player honors as Calder scored his seventh goal of the month in the Lakers' 5-1 loss to UMass in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. So those are some winter sports awards 
that were left over from the past week. And another thing that we'll be talking about coming up next with David McCaig Jr. uh, talking about the return of action of the Ontario Hockey League and the Memorial Cup. Last week, the Memorial Cup was announced that it has been canceled for the second straight year. The tournament was scheduled to be held in Ontario with the Sioux Greyhounds and Oshawa Generals planning to bid on the right to host the event. As they made that announcement last week, uh, this leaves the Ontario Hockey League season in a very much doubt right now as the government of Ontario extended their lockdown, stay-at-home order, whatever you want to call it, through most of May. And so there is a very, 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 very slim chance that we're going to see any Ontario Hockey League action. Uh, The sports minister or the Ontario Minister of Heritage, Sports, Tourism, and Culture Industries, that's a handful. Lisa McLeod said in a press conference Thursday that how quickly the spike happened has played a role in delaying the decision on when the return might happen. McLeod said the final decision on when the league would be able to return lies with Ontario's health officials. And those health officials certainly have locked things down. And there's been a lot of drama over in Ontario as far as some of the measures that were initially passed by the government, talking about police officers and their ability to stop people uh, at their will or at their leisure, I should say. And many police departments, including Sioux Ontario, said, we're not going to enforce that. And the government of Ontario pushed back on that over the weekend, but they're still in a lockdown. And so will we see Ontario Hockey League action coming up? I don't think that we will. But we're going to talk more about that coming up with David McKeg Jr. Coming up next on the game here on ESPN 1400. Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you on this Monday night and joining us on the game, co-host of this show and host of his own show, the Game Sports Show in Sioux, Ontario, who joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Northern Ontario and all of Canada sports scene. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. Dave, great to hear your voice once again. It's been a few weeks. Welcome back to the game. Scotty, my friend, I miss you. I hope all is well. I know over here in Canada, I'm giving a shout out to everyone in particular in, in Canada and in Ontario in particular with going with lockdown, whatever number this may be. Uh, so it's definitely been interesting. I certainly miss seeing you uh, in person, but very excited to be back here this week. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've had the lovely opportunity to chat, my friend. Yeah, great to hear your voice, Dave. And let's start with the news of the past week with the Ontario Hockey League and the Canadian Hockey League canceling this year's Memorial Cup. This is the second year in a row which the Memorial Cup has been canceled. And of course, the Sioux Greyhounds were in line potentially to be one of the hosts or the host, I should say, of this year's Memorial Cup, Dave. So no Memorial Cup. And you mentioned uh, lockdown 9.7, whatever it is in Ontario. That's really changing things as far as the Ontario Hockey League. So I wanted to start first with your thoughts on not having a Memorial Cup this season and what chance, if any, there is for an Ontario Hockey League season. I'll say flat out with the no Memorial Cup is I feel like not everyone should be surprised 
about it, but I know everyone was optimistic, right? Because how the WHL got started, and then obviously the QMJHL got underway, and the OHL was the only league to kind of be on kind of a standstill because of everything that's going on in in Ontario, of course, with uh, the lockdown going on, and of course trying to keep the cases down and just the travel restrictions and all the fun stuff that has been uh, invaded with, with COVID, especially here in Ontario. So the big thing is the Memorial cup was certainly a goal by both uh, all three leagues my apologies. And it certainly shouldn't be a surprise though, that there isn't one because of everything that's still going on. But when you and I, Scott, were talking about this way back in December, even uh, when we kind of touched base and in terms of when the leagues were going to get started, I know the Sault Ste. Marie and the Oshawa were the, the cities that were being kind of considered for the Memorial cup. And I know this is kind of the year where everyone in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario was thinking, Oh my goodness, this is finally going to be it. We're going to have a Memorial Cup here. And you know what? Obviously, that's not going to be happening this season. But everything was optimistic to start. But I'm hoping that everyone didn't get their hopes up for uh, something to happen because obviously the WHL had a shortened year in a tight spot because uh, the COVID numbers were still there. And it was certainly having a lot of travel restrictions from even going out of province. And then the QMJHL, there's also travel restrictions from that end going into the Ontario if that ever launched up. And we were unable to get the OHL started in general, as you just alluded to as well. So overall, from not having a Memorial Cup, it's certainly unfortunate. Everyone loves to see the the major junior leagues clash and see the best will uh, the best major junior teams in Canada go at it for the Memorial Cup. But we have to go with that safety first, unfortunately, going with that old cliche. But the Ontario Hockey League in general, that is something that is extremely unfortunate. From back with the petition with with Para trying to get the league going uh, a few months back now, it seems like uh, that. With the numbers rising and the restrictions that have been in place, the Ontario Hockey League has never got that traction to be able to get going. And it's just so unfortunate, Scott, that a lot of players won't get the opportunity to play this year. But overall, for both uh, the Memorial Cup and the Ontario Hockey League, I had definitely optimism about the, the Memorial Cup being a thing this year. But I'm not surprised that it was canceled just because of all the delays and scheduling and everything that's happened this year. But my biggest surprise here, and I'm sure you'll agree, is how the OHL it wasn't able to start something yet at this time. And I'd be very surprised, Scott, if it was. So I hate to, I would really dislike to say this, but I don't think we're going to have an OHL season as well. I think it is getting to that point of being too late unless they want to start something right up in May uh, and have the, maybe like an OHL playoffs right off the hop instead of doing like a season or unless you want to do a couple warm-up games for the teams and then have kind of like an NCAA bracket where they have a, an OHL playoffs right off the hop and that would be the season. Maybe that's something they can do if they can salvage maybe in May going into June, but Right now, it doesn't seem like we're going to have a season, unfortunately, and I don't see it changing. Yeah, the clock is running, certainly, Dave, and I agree with uh, much of what you said there. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And, Dave, let's transition into a league that is playing and one you certainly cover on your side of the border with the game sports show, uh, the National Hockey League. Uh, Right now, Vegas and Colorado, they're the top two teams as far as point-wise in the NHL. It's certainly been an interesting season so far, Dave. We're about a month out from playoffs. Uh, We have seen some pauses as far as COVID-19 with the Vancouver Canucks. So I just want to throw out kind of just the overall NHL perspective from you. 
from a, obviously a Maple Leafs fan perspective, and just what's going on in the NHL that's intrigued you? You know what? Everything that's intrigued me this year, and I think all Canadians will agree, is the North Division. I think that was something. Been a fun one. Yeah, that's been an absolute genius move by the National Hockey League. And all the other divisions, right, have done such a great job providing that entertainment. Yes, you have everyone thought, well, the teams are going to play each other so many times in a row, right? How's this going to be entertaining? Well, on a Canadian perspective, we knew that would be exciting because of kind of what every battle of a Canadian team brings. But when you look at the Central Division, the East Division, the West Division, it has been very exciting. The Central Division, obviously, the Predators have been a storyline, and they're battling their way up from the bottom. The Sanders, Dallas being a disappointment there, of course, and obviously being uh, yourself, Scott, I know you're a Detroit Red Wings fan, but they're on the other side uh, of the success side of things now. They're on the rebuild, and Stevie Eiserman definitely stole from the Washington Capitals with that trade with Anthony Mantha. No matter Great how move. Fantastic move. Getting Verona, getting Panic, and a first and a second round pick. My goodness what a move <laughs> by cv eiserman i cannot believe it that is fantastic so you're on that side but you still have teams in that central division like carolina florida tampa bay that are obviously the top three in that division the predators and the blackhawks and the stars are gonna be battling out there so you've got something that's gonna be great right to the finish and when you transition to the east division washington pittsburgh islanders and boston being the top for there, but the Rangers have really turned it on. No one really thought the Rangers would be as as good as they're what they're doing. And Philadelphia absolutely being a big struggle this season. Unfortunately, Carter Hart, big story. Everyone thought that he was the future for Canadian goaltending. Now a lot of people don't even have him on the Canadian potential uh, Olympic team now just because of his performance this year, which I think is absurd, by the way. I still think he'll make that team. But nonetheless, there's been storylines of Buffalo who have been an absolute disaster all season, right? A team that everyone thought maybe make some noise this year because the acquisition of Taylor Hall. Now Taylor Hall is over in Boston. Then we look at the West Division. Everyone's to no surprise, Colorado Avalanche, Scott. They're an absolute. I like that team. I love that team, Dave. You and I both said this out loud, I believe, on our show. And even when we brought up on our top shelf edition there on the Canadian side here is Colorado is a favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year. That was a lot of people's picks. And they're showing people why that they are a favorite. This team is exciting to watch. Vegas, Minnesota. Where did Minnesota come from? Like, yeah. oh, my whole point going through all these divisions is all the great storylines, the surprise teams, how everyone's been kind of able to battle uh, playing each other every time and the storylines that came up from that and the COVID, of course, where when we look at the North Division most recently, the Vancouver Canucks who just got back into action last night, it's the Vancouver Canucks have had Obviously, the biggest outbreak, I think it's fair to say, of course, uh, throughout the entire season. And it's unfortunate because it did pause them for a couple weeks plus. But the NHL was able to work around that schedule. So kudos to the NHL for everything they've been able to put together and handle this year that was thrown to them from the Vancouver Canucks, from the Dallas Stars earlier in the season, some other postponements as well, and just overall creating fantastic storylines. And you mentioned, Scott, obviously being a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, they made a lot of good moves to the deadline. The deadline was actually really exciting. A lot of big trades took place the night prior to the deadline. But overall, if you're a Leaf fan, you should be very optimistic. Nick Foligno was a great move. 
Uh, of course, Montreal, Cole Caulfield is coming up now in Montreal. Uh, that's good. their own improvement from internally in their organization. That's great. I already talked great about Stevie Eiserman, so I don't think I really have to say more. But Tampa Bay Lightning got the news, and Nikita Kucherov is going to be available for the playoffs. Watch out for Tampa Bay. When they got David Savard for basically for free in terms of money-wise, that was a great trade. All the storylines are going to shape up for a lot of excitement going right down the stretch. And each division, you can say that you can pick a favorite, but I would really like to know why somebody would pick another team over another team that are in the top of the standings in each division because it can go any way this year. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what shakes out, who makes the playoffs, and obviously who wins the Stanley Cup. Dave McCain Jr. joining us on the game. Uh, Dave, before we let you go, uh, tell us a little more about the past week as far as your show's special uploads and what's on deck for this week, sir. Definitely. You know, we had a great upload uh, last week with our special edition upload with uh, Martin St. Pierre and it was fantastic as he shared on all of his platforms as well. So you can check him out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and click the link there, of course. As we know, check out thegamesportshow.com, and we'll get to, you'll get directed to all the platforms that we are on as well. But that was last week's show. It was fantastic. Of course, we had our and one edition that listeners have really starting to enjoy, Scott. A lot of people were waiting for a basketball edition that we have. We provided that, so we got that up uh, that you can check out our most recent upload there. We do have upcoming episodes uh, this week with Strike Zone, myself and Connor Henderson. We do have another Top Shelf edition. And yes, on the most recent Top Shelf edition, yours truly was solo on that one. Who would have thought that I'd be able to talk on the microphone for 45 minutes? Uh, <laughs> I would have. <laughs> And of course, other shows this week on all of, on our platforms, uh, Hot Seat, we expect EJ to have something going on this week. So we have content throughout the entirety daily, it seems like, with our shows. You can get caught up with everything. But this week, in terms of a special edition upload, uh, I believe that we are going to be taking a break. We're talking with Canadian colleagues here, unless there's a surprise one uh, that is going to be coming up. But our next upload for... Our special edition uploads, as it seems, uh, we're going to go in the order here. I'll provide a little spoiler because I like doing it sometimes. Sometimes I don't, but I will give the next two episodes. The episodes will be Jason Strudwick and Jamie Tardiff. Of course, Jamie Tardiff involved with the Greyhounds organization now. So that will be a great upload, both obviously being involved in the professional ranks as well. So those will be our next uploads on the special edition to look forward to. Overall, check out our website, Scott. I'm sure that you've saw it already, but we have had our update take place. So we got a fun little video in there. We got everything organized a little bit differently. So I'd like and encourage listeners to go check out that website uh, to play around with the update that we've provided. And that website is thegamesportshow.com. Dave McKay Jr. joining us on the game. Kegger, great to have you back on the show. And we will talk to you next week for our next edition of the game, sir. Sounds good. And like I said from the top, Scotty, I can't wait to come back across the river. I took it, I took it for granted, the ability of yeah. being able to cross that border to go take advantage of the, the great businesses you have there in Sioux, Michigan. So I, I can't wait till that day comes. I can go back across the river and see you in person, my friend. And we are looking forward to doing the same. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you next week, sir. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back with more local, regional, and national sports. Here on the game, ESPN 1400. The Detroit Pistons in action tonight at Little Caesars Arena where they will face the Cleveland Cavaliers. We will join that game in progress after our show around 8 o'clock. The Pistons were thumped on Saturday by Washington. 
They did pick up a home win on Friday against Oklahoma City and then fell to the Clippers on Wednesday. Pistons right now 17-40, and 40, last in the East, playing a lot of rookies as this is an obvious rebuild season. Uh, the, the games are starting to dwindle down. Butch, uh, what's your thoughts on the Pistons right now? Really, is what you see is what you get. Right yep. now, you got some very talented young kids who are not 110%, and that's physically as well as uh, getting uh, to know the pro game. And right now, you see the 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 combustions of uh, you know of putting together a team and not having a great map to deal with it. Why would you keep a certain amount of players on your roster the first part of the season, and they absolutely give you nothing? I mean, uh, let's excuse Derrick Rose, okay? Right. But the being players they have gotten rid of there is is humongous. And this is what you have. You have young kids that were not starting, some were starting. We have Ellington who basically cannot put a string together of games. Uh, maybe the Pistons felt they could get rid of them or trade them, but that didn't happen. Uh, maybe they didn't get offers from him, but again, he has not played a string of games since the hand broke win. And, and that is very bad, you know. How can you build consistency up in your team and uh, you don't have certain players in, in the position for them to play? Now, to honesty of some of these young kids, Stewart has done a fantastic job. He's building uh, momentum up. Uh, Kalen Hayes, since he came back from injury, he's doing a very proper job of learning his system. The uh, basic part in with that is that he can't play a considerable amount of games without having to take a rest or relaxation pill because he's not 110% there. Right. And and you don't want to juke away someone else's, uh, well, let's say we don't want to do it like the guy in New Jersey the other day, okay? Yeah. And have absolutely nothing, you know, for return there. I think the deal is right now is get what you got to get from them. They're going to probably hopefully get – a high draft pick. Hopefully that is someone who can come in right away and give them a shot in the arm where next year is not so dramatically bad as it was this year. People really suffered this year because, again, they came out with a with a lineup that would basically make them someone say that they would be competitive, and they were in no way near that. You know the whole season. Butch, does Dwayne Casey get a pass this year, or is his future in doubt? Absolutely not. And I think basically it would be a fool's errand to say that his future is not in doubt. This is the last year of his contract. You know what he has to sell is if he comes back is what do we have to bring to the table here to make this team uh, a winner? He's had his opportunities. He's you know. Sorry to say he failed in a lot of them there, um, except for the first year where basically they got ran out of ran out of, <laughs> out of the arena. Okay, so with that saying, you know he has not really he he, he talks a good game. Some things is very demented. I said you know with the three point shot, for instance, there, and most teams that shoot those three pointers. They have a percentage of 45 to 50, over 50%. And the Pistons are nowhere near that there. They don't have players who are basically three-point shooters. They can become one, and that takes time. But you got to be able to play the game that you were drafted to play. And I think Dwayne Casey had a problem with that. 
and also playing defense. That is a key note in some of these kids' uh, apparatus when you when you get them from the draft or from free agency. Getting them to play defense and for all of them to do that, they got to know one another and play with each other uh, in rhythm a certain period of time, and the Pistons haven't done that as well either. Butch Davis joining us on the game, and Butch, one more thought on the Pistons. You you said uh, playing defense, you know, in their championship runs, uh, they had a lot of talent. They, those teams are always uh, defense was always stressed, and the question I have for you before we end the the Pistons talk is, uh, you know, maybe not names, but as far as potential coaches that could really help this team, if you don't have any names or people in mind, what type of coach, besides what you just mentioned, would be a good fit for this young Pistons team? Ah, That's a good question, and there's a lot of coaches that you don't hear their names who are very good in AAU ball who are very good in other professional leagues in Europe as well as in Canada. You know, Canada has a professional league where the last three or four years, the Windsor Express has been the champions of all Canada and whatnot. Rich brains of player like uh, our particular coach named Jones DeMine, who used to play at Southwestern, played at Iowa, did do some professional stints at certain cities in Atlanta and also in uh, Indianapolis there. Not a long period of time, but for the last, i say, 10, 15 years, this guy has been a very successful coach when it comes down to minor league coaching or uh, established uh, league coaching there. And he's been very good with younger players. I would very highly, uh, you know, say it depends on going to look at them. Look everywhere. You can't just look at the name brand people because they're going to give you the name brand crap, okay? And, you know, this is a, a coach we have right now, and I don't mean no harm, who was the coach of the year Yeah, and got fired, okay? <laughs> and the next year, the team that he got fired from was the world championship. Right. <laughs> so what do we know when we run all these little Cajun, little hype things around the uh, general public, and then the guy is wiping crap off of his face there? And that's just not good for our general public. I think the Pistons, me, and the general manager especially, need to look at coaches Maybe right in your nose hole, okay? Right in your nose hole. And there are some excellent coaches who can be elevated coaching the pro game. Butch, uh, let's finish this segment with the Detroit Red Wings. They are in Dallas tonight to take on the Stars, 7.30 p.m. You can hear that game over on 12.30 WSOO locally. Wings, a good week, although they did lose on Saturday to Chicago 4 to nothing. but they picked up three wins, including one against the Blackhawks and two against Carolina. Wings are in last place in the Central, but uh, seem to be playing a, a little bit better and more consistent hockey over the last week or so. Oh, uh, well. The bar yeah. set low, Butch. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think of an easy way out of this one here, but, you know, that's another situation that um, I, I do believe that the um, particular um, general manager, Steve Eisman, is going to have to look at very seriously, is he going to continue to keep the particular same coach? I yeah. think Eisman know what direction he wants to go into, and so far it's been PG King for him because he has gotten some very good young talent there. Okay, but in the, in, in the longer things here, 
uh, not so much. You know, you can't flop a lot of veterans and you end up throwing them out in the garbage can. You get these younger players, okay, and all the and all the good stuff to go with it. But you know, again, you you really got nothing to work with there, and I think that's really uh, it's really funky there. Bill Jones is the gentleman I'm talking about there. He's with his eighth season with the Canadian Windsor Express there, and who's been the championship coach for months or a lot of time there. That's the guy I want to get that out the way there. But not to take anything from the Red Wings there. The talent looks good that they're bringing in, and I'm talking about Steve Eisenman there. I think the question is, do you want to continue the same old song and dance with the coach who's been with the Red Wings now close to seven years, or a little bit more, or been in the organization for at least over 10 to 15, you know, uh, 15 years there and throw them out in the street versus bringing someone who maybe Steve Eisman or no one knows who will, you know, snap a fire under these young kids' rear end where they uh, do a better job in the, in the game than what they're doing now. Sometimes they feel like a nut and sometimes they don't. It's not the way to deal with uh the general public at large, because uh, the pandemic is not going to be here much longer, you know, or hopefully it's not. And, you know, these teams are going to depend on the crowd coming back to the arena to see the games. Now, maybe with the Red Wings, it won't be a big thing during the beginning, but end of the season, but during the, the rainy moments that they do the same thing they do this year as they've done next year, as they've done this year, I should say, it's going to be pretty bad for him. Butch Davis joining us on the game. Butch, we're going to take our top of the hour break. And when you and I come back, we have more regional sports to talk about as well. We will start our roundtable. All coming up in hour two of the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson Compactor Utility Tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson Compact and Utility Tractors. Visit Skinners of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? That's okay. Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. Ask what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan product to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, ask what we can do for you. 
It's 2021 and Green Metals in Dafter, your honest main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving Northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Let's get to the second half of the game here on ESPN 1400. WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on ESPN of 1400. Scott Nason with you for hour two of the game as we are continuing to be joined by the birthday boy himself, co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports and all of us here in Northern Michigan and Ontario. Butch, wish you a very happy birthday. That's twice now that I've wished it for you because I almost forgot about it until you reminded me of it, sir. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Butch, uh, let, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Uh, we're only 10 days away from the NFL draft. The Lions will have the seventh pick. Some people are saying defensive help to try to improve a bad defense. Others are saying wide receiver with is a pretty good uh, need for them, and there's a couple good players potentially available. And some are saying quarterback. Uh, two questions, Butch. First of all, anything uh, newsworthy from the Detroit Lions this week? And secondly, what is Butch saying as far as their biggest need uh, so far? Uh, well, they have lots of needs, but as far as their first draft pick. Tough question. It's a mouthful. Uh, but I can be very uh, decent about this whole situation, which I'm not going to be. Uh, <laughs> uh, number one, uh, the question, uh, raise a hand, you know, what position? All the above, okay? They have not had no <clears throat> unity in the position of uh, players in quite some time, although they have had some very talented players. Detroit Lions have not had the coaching, okay, to get these kids motivated to go out there and put together a good 60-minute game. And and it's sad when you have talent structure. Everyone says, uh, well, we got the offense and we can score 50 and 60 points. That's just not happening. But when your offense do score points and your defense uh, is a chip shot for them to give it away as fast as you receive your points, that's hard to say to come by. It's very bad, you know, to uh, look at that. Cornerback would be an issue with me. I've always been an advocate that you should have a very good backup quarterback, not somebody else's dog on uh, garbage and whatnot, unless this guy has premonition to want to be a, a starting quarterback. There's no reason I pick him up. What person uh, of any gumption, uh, I don't care what position they're put in there, don't want to start. And that's the problem I have with this whole situation of, of the the regime in the past there. Now, not knowing what this guy's going to do on Friday, he's going to have a press conference. Uh, 
They're talking about a new general manager there. And I'll be one of those ears that'll be listening very hard for his reasoning because, again, he does come out to be a very enthusiastic man who's very knowledgeable about football in general and want to win right away. You know, again, the word is uh, right away. There's not going to be uh, another trick bag that they put the general public into to make everyone think that this and that, and yet still they lose, uh, you know, now it's 17 games, they lose 16 out of the 17 there. Nobody's going to go for that anymore. Butch, uh, moving on to happier items in sports. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we, we've been through some unhappy items. Uh, the University of Michigan's women's gymnastics team over the weekend uh, won their first ever national championship in Fort Worth, Texas, as they edged out Oklahoma and Florida. Uh, certainly a, a great accomplishment for that squad. Uh, you know, first ever national championship. That's that's a great, great story. Yeah, I was kind of humbling around watching TV and you know, how you, you you take your channel selector and just scout around and end up finding the, uh, the championship on ABC, uh, ABC, yeah. you know, set up on ESPN, which I think was a very, very good move by the station, the ESPN. If you notice, ESPN is doing a lot more working with ABC now to get sports on in prime time or during the daytime, especially on the weekends there. And they condition that pretty well because we have missed ABC Sports Department in general. Those were the things that they did in order to keep everybody happy. And of course, the, 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 the players that you did not know from that Michigan team, and matter of fact, I didn't know no one, okay, you know, but as the matches and stuff went around, how hard it is for them to flip and toss themselves in the air and then come down straight. I mean, that is some dedication to and to the utmost there. And I kind of enjoy what I looked at there. The And I'll be honest with you, of knowing that this was a championship um, uh, for the national championship, I did not know that until I cut on the set on Saturday there and saw that live on TV. And I was pleasantly pleased at what I, what I got out of it there. They beat a team that basically for years and years and years had been near the top or on top, and that was Oklahoma. It was pretty well dealt with. By uh, by a lot of people, very receptive. Yeah, and you know we we don't talk a lot about gymnastics and sports like that, but you you want to talk about dedicated and very strong and tough athletes in both the men's and the women's. I don't think you'll find a more demanding sport physically. I mean, there's many of them, but boy, those those athletes in gymnastics they they really put in the full effort. Full effort and then some there, and a lot of them are no bigger than maybe five foot two or yeah. whatever it may be. To, to see that strength and that power be put to play, you know, with the stature of their bodies and whatnot, there it, it's outstanding. I, I'm jealous, personally. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, with that, do some flips and dips. If I flip today, it would be a longer day than expected. But uh, you know. That's another show on another day, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I saw. And, then, you know, not taking away from the women anywhere, but University of Michigan's men's uh, team uh, was not on national TV, though, but on ESPN the next day. Was very uh, well uh, receptive by, again, uh, uh, 
putting up some good scores there in the national rankings for the national championship there. They didn't win, but again, uh, they were a team that, that people will have to deal with, you know, in order to, for them to hit the top. I know they were in the top five of the, the, the particular schools that were being represented, which is a lot of them due to the fact it's the NCAA Division One championship there. Butch, uh, before we go to our roundtable and our next break, I want to talk a little bit, and I don't think we've talked a whole lot about it on the show, about the transfer portal. Uh, former Michigan quarterback Joe Milton, according to ESPN, is transferring to the Tennessee Volunteers. And over the past few years, we've seen more and more of these student-athletes uh, enter the transfer portal in football, in basketball. We see it a lot here locally with hockey in Lake Superior State. Uh, they've had a few players from last season entering the transfer portal. And I just wanted your thoughts on the transfer portal as far as, do you think it's a good thing for athletics and, and college sports? Is it good for the athletes or do you have a different view? It's a good and a bad out of the whole situation. It's a good thing for a, uh, a particular player who's going to stay in school for a specific period of time. When I say specific period of time, at least up to a junior, okay, where if they didn't feel that they were getting all they can be, what they were promised when they first signed the contract for the initial school that they uh, felt they should, you know, they wanted to be on and was happy about it there. Yes, that is a great thing to be there. Another good thought is, is that all the schools from this portal knows who's available there. Yeah. That it's open season for many head coaches and recruiters to go out to them and try to sell their means for a second opportunity. And some of these portals there, you the limit is three times, okay, that you can use yourself in the portal, or basically two times there you can go into this particular portal. And so there are times that the initial school that the player uh, has been to, they end up going to a portal and only to go into the, the portal the next uh, receiving year, which is their second year and their last year that they can kind of flop around schools. And again, uh, the recruiting is fierce for that particular situation. A bad team they can make this will make themselves a very good team overnight if they pick the right players and get the right medicine and the right right uh, recipe for their team to be somebody. Basketball has the same opportunity as well for the college uh, crew there. I was just talking to Eastern Michigan brand new head coach there, and he is delighted because again you can make your team a better team by knowing basketball players who are in this portal and may have some type of uh, liking for the player or have met him a long time ago, for instance, many of these colleges do, and and and, and make your team a better team. The, again, the disadvantage, again, and, you know, I've used that at the top and the bottom is, again, a lot of high school kids who are coming out right now are going to be slighted. And that means they may have to go to a Division One or Division Two school, or three school, or maybe to junior junior college, in order to be recognized by the particular schools that uh, is going after this talent pool in the portal. There, you know, it's there's no limitation of who can and cannot. Only the limitation is how many times you can go in it. 
And again, uh, the other limitation is if it's not for the right reason per se or falsely reason, they can be penalized and also the team can be penalized. We'll have to, the player will have to sit out a year. So good and bad and ugly, those, those are deals with the portal there. To see how this portal works, I think uh, many of us are going to pay attention to it and see where actually the players come from or where they came from before. Yeah, I would agree with almost everything you said there, Butch. I mean, it's it's good for the individual athletes, especially if it's something they want to pursue more of their education or maybe things just don't work out uh, at a situation that they go to. Maybe there's a change in coach, there's a change in philosophy, and it doesn't fit that individual player. So I think there's definitely a lot of good. Uh, the downside of that is, you know, when you have a team locally like Lake Superior State, who is taking a long time to rebuild and finally gets a group of players together and has success that a couple of those could transfer out, including the leading score from last year. But, but again, it's individual choice, and uh, I, I think overall it's a good thing. There, they're just, there's just some tough parts of it, especially with the smaller schools that are trying to compete with the big wigs in college well, hockey and all of college sports. You know, we all want to get the best out of the best here. And we all, you know, but I think Michigan, all the uh, the major university, are doing a very, very poor job in recruiting their own from out of the state. This state has a mass amount of talent yeah. there, and in many cases, and I'll use hockey as an example. We'll go up in Canada there and flood that place, but again, we we fail to look at Michigan. We fail to look at Minnesota, Wisconsin, California, who is doing a bang-up job, and now Arizona with leagues and whatnot. We don't look at those. Birmingham's another city that basically uh, that that pulls out great hockey players, Alaska. And they're going up in Canada, but yet still the barrel of the battle is we're not recruiting our own kids. And I think that is something that, you know, has to happen in order for, you know, to see some parity out the portal there. You're going to do a lot of better job of getting these kids, you know, a, a chance, okay, to, to shine the same as they shined in high school there. Butch, we're going to take a break here on the game. Uh, just you and I for the round table tonight. EJ Russell stuck at work, so we can't make it, but hey, we can fill in for sure. Coming up, we will start our round table. All coming up next on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher Snow and Ice Equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. 
Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports for our roundtable. This is the portion of the show unscripted, which basically is the entire show. We don't go, uh, we don't go through topics uh, and and think them out beforehand. That's what makes it so fun. So just Butch and I tonight for the roundtable, but certainly lots to talk about in the world of sports. And Butch, I'll throw out the first topic to you and uh, have some comments on it. Uh, we talked about the Detroit Pistons. Uh, just kind of looking at the NBA right now as we're getting ever closer to the playoff season. And certainly there's lots to talk about as far as teams and our expectations, as far as who might be the best teams going into the playoffs, the toughest matchups, uh, who potentially could be uh, winning the NBA finals this year. So I just wanted to throw out just overall NBA topic as we're about a month or so from the playoffs, Butch, uh, what are some of the things that you're watching, some of the teams that you're watching and just in general on the NBA? You know, I, I I do a lot of listening to. I don't want to because again, I don't want that to influence how I think about you know the particular sport. Because first thing you do when you watch anything, you go in there as a fan. You yep. know, you just want to see a good game, or maybe the home team is not playing, and you're looking at games and you're looking at flaws and you're looking at upgrades. And I see a lot of good talent in the NBA this year than I have in past years a place you've never heard of before here. And then, you know, the notoriety of what they're giving, what they haven't given in a long time, or you don't get from here, and you're living in Michigan, there's a lot of exposure to the West Coast teams there, the Utahs, the Portlands, uh, the Phoenix Suns is another example yeah. of teams on the uprise. And even that it may, you know, the the qualifications of what they use for the playoffs this year is somewhat very, very exciting. It's, it, it's exhilarating because now more teams can get involved from each particular uh, uh, side of the fence, the West and the East. It's 10 teams, actually. And that makes this thing a little bit more unique. It's a two-game out type of situation for the team to get into the playoffs to get all lined it up and position there. And, and I kind of like that. But the, the most important thing I like is, again, the, just the flexibility of, of, of big mouth little, um, <laughs> should I say, announcers and stuff, trying to juice up a particular team. Uh, the, right. The, the, uh, 
Brooklyn Nets is what I was going to say Los Angeles. They come in second, but in the, that's talking about the Lakers there. It, they really want to pump these teams up to be, you know, the, the, the gods, okay, of all basketball. And I'm, New Jersey remind me of when the Pistons beat the crap out of the Los Angeles Lakers in that last championship. Yeah. You remember they had Gary Payton, Carl Malone. Oh, they had everybody's mother and then some there. And these were big time players that came on there and signed in for a year, a year and a half. Also, we ain't talked about Kobe Bryant. We ain't talked about Shaq. Exactly. We ain't talked about none of that, and they remind me of that so much. A team that has so much to to offer, you know, with their skill set, but yet still they haven't been well all year long. And you can't, you, you don't understand why, you know, that the media is not pushing forward to see a little bit more justice done when it comes down to reporting the players and actually saying what's wrong with them. To see them sit out like they do, it's, it's it's crazy there, and and I don't, I, and I think a lot of fans, it turns them off from that there, where you don't, you can't get that flexibility of, of gauging what's going on, and then you got coaches right now with players, uh, Mr. Durant, for instance, is another player that, you know, hasn't been able to give us all because he's not healthy. Never you is. Know, his injury is a two to three year injury. Okay, to get. 100% healthy. You just can't come back there and, and do the things that you did before because your body's not letting you do it, you know, because you're not in shape or that particular part of the body you had is not giving up, giving it up anymore. So that kind of disturbs you too there to, to kind of watch a deterioration of Durant, and, you know, trying to do something and you can't, and you know how great he is, but again, yeah, it, it's just not working out. So, uh, you know, just the force of the, the the ghost of the fog that, you know, some of these major stations do is it, quite appealing. But, again, I don't think it's good for basketball at all. Yeah, Butch, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, new playoff format with the, with the play-in and with the 9 versus 10. I think that's a great idea. Like you said, it just gets more teams involved. And you look at some of those teams right now in that position in the East. You have Indiana, Toronto, Chicago, and Washington. That Washington team, I think, is very dangerous. We saw them mop up on the Pistons on Saturday. Bradley Beal is just having himself one heck of a season. And you have Russell Westbrook. So anytime you have those two guys, on the court, they're going to be a tough out for someone if they can get in that play-in game, uh, series, I should say. They're, they're going to be a tough one. In the East right now, I think Philadelphia, they're starting to hit their stride. They've won four in a row. They're, they're getting healthy. They had some big wins this week. That's one team that I'm keeping my eye on. I thought they were the best team in the East at the beginning of the season, and right now, they're at the top of the East. And, and I totally agree with you, say, about Brooklyn. Uh, you know, The team doesn't play defense. They give up a lot of points. And you just can't count on those three guys being out there at once. Uh, we saw Durant go down with another injury. He's, you know, day to day, every day, it seems. And uh, with Harden and, and Irving, I just, I don't, I don't get a good feel of that team. I, I think your Laker analogy from 0304 is a good one. Uh, two teams I'm keeping my eye on in the East Butch, Boston and the Knicks. Boston, uh, both 
Boston and the Knicks have won six in a row and are starting to climb the standings. Um, both looking a lot better. I'd, I'd love to see this Knicks team get in the playoffs and make a run. Uh, There's certainly a franchise that has struggled, uh, to say the least, over the past few seasons, but they've made good draft picks and uh, certainly competitive this year. And then in the West, you mentioned a couple of those teams, Utah and Phoenix on top. We saw Utah take on the Lakers over the weekend, uh, both teams missing several key players, but that Drummond deal might pay off for the LA Lakers. Uh, Drummond had a big game the other night uh, along with KCP. It seems like every Piston, uh, former Piston is doing well, either on the Clippers. We saw Reggie Jackson at the or at Little Caesars Arena last week uh, have a game-winning shot. Uh, Ish Smith had a big night against the Pistons on Saturday. Saturday, you know, the Lakers, they are going to get healthy. I I would imagine LeBron and Davis both will be back, but you can't sleep on teams like you mentioned with Phoenix up there at number two. You also have the Clippers, again, a, a team that has big expectations and are starting to play better. So so certainly there's lots to, to pan out, Butch, but I, I love this play in uh, with the nine versus 10. Right now you have Golden State in the ninth spot along with the San Antonio Spurs and 10. So certainly going to be a lot of entertaining basketball and, uh, you know, the team that maybe figures out defensively how to win games is going to be the one that wins it in the end. And we haven't even mentioned, we haven't mentioned Miami. Okay. Another team that very quietly, okay. Yeah. Is getting the job done here in the, in the East division there, not at the top, but definitely not at the bottom there. And Orlando is another team that we have not really mentioned. That is a very, very young team. May not have the record as supposedly they should have, but they're not out of the playoff run at all. And that is a team that has, a couple times this year, has ran off some good winning streaks there. So uh, the East is not far out of it. Philadelphia is another team that worries me when it comes down to injuries per se there. Because, again, that has been their major update there. Uh, uh, MB, okay, is a beast when he's playing. But when you miss 37 games there, that, oh, well, it's not been 37. Here's the word. It's 28 games, okay, MB has missed, okay. That's a lot of games. Simmons is another one, okay? I don't think he's at his top rate when it comes down to him playing the way he should be playing or the way he's expected to play there. So you have them bones in there in the skeleton, but, you know, again, it gives the NBA some credit with those particular teams I just mentioned because they got a cast of characters that, again, you have never heard of who's keeping them in their boat, in their ship afloat, and keeping them winning and whatnot there. And that's something that most of these teams have. They have a very good, skillful bench, and knowing, oh, next man up, they come in there and do a job. Miami is very especially good at that. Butcher, we're going to join the Detroit Pistons and Cleveland Cavaliers in progress after this show. How about this? 3.30 left in the first quarter. Detroit 30, Cleveland 9. That's not a misprint. I'm not making that up. <laughs> Are you sure? It really, you know what? It, the thing has been, the Pistons has been up big very early in games. Only to see them fall on their face or barely win the game there. So it will be – I think Kellen Hayes is playing tonight. I do believe that. He did not play the other day. Matter of fact, he snatched him out in the first quarter and put made him dress up there. That's another thing that really kind of leaked me off there, you know. With knowing, again, we're talking about players and how some of these coaches are – 
coaching them, okay, instead of putting them on the side and letting them get well there. So I have a thing about that there. But, again, that's a scary thought to see what the end end game is going to be. So we'll keep our our mind and our eyes on that. Yes, we will. Butch, we're going to take a quick break here on the game. When we come back, you are going to throw out your first topic on the roundtable, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400. The Jeep Celebration event continues at O'Connor's of Pickford. And Jeep leases and purchase prices are lower than ever this month. Get a 36-month ultra-low mile lease on a new 2021 Jeep Cherokee Latitude Lux 4x4 for just $269 a month plus tax, only $1840 due at signing. Same low mile lease for a new 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4. You pay $299 a month plus tax with $2700 due at signing. Or buy either with 0% financing for up to 72 months. See dealer for details and incentives. Celebrate Jeep all this month at O'Connor's of Pickford. The last tractor you'll ever need is here. Get into a Massey Ferguson compact or utility tractor and accomplish more than ever before. These versatile tractors are known for their unbeatable power, smart fuel economy, and upgraded creature comforts. And with their ability to multitask through any job around the yard or farm, they'll provide you with outstanding value for years to come. Do all you need to do and more with Massey Ferguson compact and utility tractors. Visit Skinners of Pigford to find the right model for your operation. Done being stuck in the house? Ready for some summer fun on the water? Stop by Central Savings Bank for that boat or jet ski loan. Don't want to be on the water? That's okay. Come see a lender about a camper or maybe a home equity for that cabin in the woods or a side-by-side or ATV. Remember, you can always apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. That's what we can do for you. Whatever you're up to this summer, Central Savings Bank has the loan product to help get it done. Whether it's buying a boat, side-by-side, camper or cabin, tractor, a new house, or a ticket out of here, we can help. Call, stop by, or apply online at centralsavingsbank.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Central Savings Bank, that's what we can do for you. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400. 7.30 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you, joined by Butch Davis, co-host of this show and host of Butch on Sports for the roundtable. Butch, it's your turn to throw out a topic to the roundtable. I will have first crack, and then it goes back to you. It's easy when there's just two of us. We get a lot of words in edgewise when EJ Russell is in here. So, Butch Davis, what's on your mind tonight in the world of sports? Well, you feel that way, Scott? I'll give you a mouthful and then something. <laughs> you can talk your red off on this particular subject there. All right. I'm going to give you full knowledge, and you deserve all of it here. The Super League. I know you love it. If you never heard or you haven't heard uh, a lot of the Premier League, some of the European leagues, the German League, the Italy League, I think about getting a Super League and telling everybody to go to Blazers there. What do you think about it? Boy, oh boy, I was hoping you would bring that up because I was certainly going to bring it up next. And uh, this is something that has uh, absolutely rocked the world of soccer in Europe right now. And this is something that's been 
it kind of gets rumored every four years or so that, you know, these top tier teams in Europe are going to get away and join this super league. And certainly there is a lot of news about that as uh, 12 clubs, uh, the who's who, if you will, of Europe, including uh, Manchester United, Chelsea, and many others uh, are behind. Well, I should say they are looking at doing a super league in spite of their governing body in their domestic leagues and UEFA. This is something that certainly will have big ramifications over the next few weeks, months, and even years. Basically, these 12 teams, and it's rumored that there may be up, up to 16 teams, want, want, to, want to start their own league, basically. These teams include Real Madrid, AC Milan, Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Inter, Man United, Man City, Real Madrid, and Tottenham Hotspur. As part of this proposed move, all 12 clubs are expected to resign from the European Club Association, which is UEFA, which brings together all the top teams from all the countries in Europe and they play competitions like is going on right now in the Champions League which is the best soccer teams in Europe also the UEFA Europa League this agreement uh, apparently uh, worth almost four billion dollars um, is set to start this league uh, in 2023 and 2024 uh, this has been uh, rightly rebuked by FIFA, along with several of the uh, domestic leagues like the Premier League and others. And it certainly opened Pandora's box because now FIFA is threatening uh, these teams that they won't be able to partake in potentially their own leagues like the Premier League. Even more, they might not be able to participate in uh, the World Cup or the um, European championships, which are set for this summer. And, and it certainly uh, is causing a lot of consternation with the fan bases in Europe. I am a big Chelsea fan, and the fans are are furious because these, these domestic leagues, like the Premier League and, and others, they have a lot of power as far as revenue distribution. And it's certainly uh, going to be very interesting, Butch, to see how this all shakes out. I don't like it. Uh, I, I think that how they have it now is fine. But when the big fish in the sea get a lot of money that are thrown their way, certainly money always talks in all sports, especially in European soccer. You think so? <laughs> I know so. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I tell you, this is, you know, it's bad. But again, you look at the rich, want to get richer and yep. the poor. They want to leave them behind in the you know in the slop jar there, and I think they have some opinions about it. Uh, as you know, the Premier League has a relegation system in place, so if even if you're a big shot, you have a bad year, yeah, and you I mean you're down at the bottom, you won't see the Premier League for maybe a year, maybe a couple of years until you kind of build your your standings up there. And I think that's one huge argument that, you know, I would love to listen about because I'm quite sure that's one of the problems there as they see fit. Uh, another team, like, for instance, they're looking at, in, in my judgment, is um the, 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 the talent. I mean, how do you recruit talent to come to that particular club and all? 
You know, they do have some type of drafting system that recruits younger players. You know, at the particular age, I do believe in the Premier League, you got to be 18 years of age to participate in that. And where in Italy and maybe in Germany, you can be 16 years of age and participate in that. And I think that's a huge, huge problem when it comes down to some of these leagues when a player wants to cross over and maybe come over to from maybe from Italy to the Premier League or maybe vice versa there, you know, for financial purposes or maybe just for sentimental purposes there. So they 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 have a <laughs> they have a uh, they have a thing that basically uh I was somewhat very much so agree that they gotta they gotta look at very very much they and try to fix it and where they can you know they don't they won't escape away as we know it right now year twenty three twenty four you know the crap is the fan and they're going to be playing and so that's going to put a strain on the Premier the German league the Italy league uh, the other particular UEFA leagues and all that other good stuff Champions League Champions. Uh, how do you judge the Champions League championship when all these teams are going into right. a, another hole in the ground here? I mean, how can you do that? It's, it's just it's nothing you can do. So <laughs> it, it, it's a messed up situation to me that um, that it has to be that way. But again, you 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 look at things hopefully in a positive direction. Hopefully this is one of them. To me right now, that's going to be crappy. Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, Butch, because this all broke yesterday, and even in some of the post-game press conferences with some of the teams after their matches, uh, Manchester United's manager was being asked questions, and he didn't know anything about it. He was kind of caught, kind of the deer-in-the-headlights look. And uh, you you mentioned the relegation system, Butch. I'm going to piggyback off of your topic with the relegation system. For those that aren't familiar with that system in Europe, each domestic or, or country league has a relegation system using the Premier League there's 20 teams each season the bottom three 18 19 and 20 at the end of the season there's no playoffs it's all regular season they get relegated to the division below them which is I think called the champions division and those top three teams get promoted to the next level now that's a huge financial gain for any of those teams and it it makes every regular season game very important even at the bottom of the table and so the question I have for you Butch and, and we've kind of tease this a little bit on the show over the years but wouldn't it be something if if we were able in this country with the national hockey league the nba the nfl major league baseball to have a team at the end of the season like the lions like the pistons like the red wings like the tigers that wouldn't stay in the top level of their sport and potentially be relegated. Now I know the system here in this country makes it pretty tough to do that. I mean, in hockey, you have the American hockey league, major league baseball, you have triple a NFL. I mean, you have the CFL and, and uh, other leagues that have come and gone. And, and, um, but wouldn't it be interesting NBA, you have the G league. Wouldn't it be interesting if that was ever adopted in this country, Butch? maybe not three teams, but have one team, at the bottom of the standings have to go and play in a lower division and have one of those teams come up. I know it's probably not practical, but it certainly makes for good talking points and would certainly make for a pretty exciting competition during the regular season. 
that and then some here. You, can you imagine the Lions going to the mini, mini, itty bitty league there because they they were just trash, okay? And, and I don't see it happening. In, no. In, no, not here, police there, but I don't see that happening. But it, there is something really to. <laughs> Whoa. You're, you're getting birthday phone calls, Butch. Yeah, really. You're getting Shane McMahon talking here, man. He wants the money. Uh, you, uh, oh, man. I, I tell you, you know, think about this here with the with, with the situation there. They say, and this is what the sources I get from the BBC, and I listen to that station an awful lot when it comes down to my information on on soccer. I think they're one of the best sources to get that from. Absolutely. They said they've been talking since Monday. Okay, so we're just getting this late Saturday night, Sunday morning about this particular deal that they want to set on up, and it's going to it's going to happen overnight because again they got like a year before they transplant it, they're talking about signing this as soon as this upcoming Sunday, okay? And, you know, how much, no one said anything about lawyers or whatnot yet, but I know they're scrambling and, and rambling to try to find some because I think the Premier League and all the other leagues are, are really threatened by this. You're going to no, lose no a doubt. good doggone product. Uh, from playing in your league and making money, okay? You know, these are uh, arenas that sit anywhere from 45 to maybe in some places 90,000 people. And when you count on income and you don't have it because a particular uh, draw or bill is not there in that, in that league anymore, that's going to make things pretty itchy. Although someone can appear from nowhere, and take that particular spot and, you know, get that notoriety. It's going to be very hard for those particular people at the top of those particular leagues to kind of digest that, you know, and, and transplant some other teams into that particular situation. And one more thought on this, Butch, is with the COVID-19 pandemic, we haven't talked a lot about how much uh, sports leagues and teams are losing uh, over in Europe. I think I saw somewhere where the 12 proposed teams in this new Super League over the past year have lost collectively about $1.3 billion. A lot of that, obviously, with not having fans in the stands and other lost revenue. And so, you know, these teams are, you know, when you throw a bunch of money out there like this Super League is doing, you almost can't blame these teams at least to, you know, take interest in, wow, you're going to throw $5 billion at this league and we're only going to have to share it with a, you know, a dozen teams rather than the entire, um, you know, association. I mean, there's something to be said about the financial advantages to this as well. Well, financial advantages is really, right, as we, they say, is really nothing we can do now nope. because some people's minds are made up. Again, I think the basic thing that we're going to be looking at these next week or two weeks at, at the most is how serious they're about this here. And then how would the other leagues from the top at that point in time is going to be affected. You know, we can forecast all we want, but again, you don't know, hope for the bad, but I think it's some bad going to come out of this. And again, for the Premier League, per se, when they lose some teams, and I think it's a member, from what I read, was seven, maybe a possible eight yeah. teams leaving the Premier League to go into this particular there. 
that's a lot of money off the off the skin there. And they're not selling uh they're not selling T shirts and they're not being able to bring fans. That's gonna be a whole lot of changing uh, around there. Again, it comes from again receiving more youth talent to come in these particular situations to uh uh to do do cover the storm of stars and everything because that's what people would normally come to see. Great topic, Butch. We're going to take our final break here on the game. When Butch and I come back, we will have a topic or two left, and we will have our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. All coming up on the game here on ESPN 1400. It's 2021, and Reed Metals in Daffer, your honest, main source, one-stop metal recycling business serving northern Michigan, hopes everyone has a prosperous year. If you need a few extra dollars to help with your heating bills or that trip you may want to take to the warm state of Hawaii, bring Reed Metals your unwanted scrap metals, and they'll print you a check. Reed Metals is paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Bring in copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals, and they'll print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals is your honest, one-stop metal recycling business. They also offer roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com or call 906-632-0018. Bring it in or have it hauled, and Reed Metals will print you a check with your name on it. Reed Metals, 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 in Rudyard, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahindra tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargoes, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, peck supplies, and more. Also, Check out our full line of Boss and Fisher snow and ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owners agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. 746 on the game, ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by Butch Davis, co-host of this show and host of Butch on Sports. We'll be joining Detroit Pistons basketball in progress at the top of the hour right now with 720 left in the second quarter. The Pistons lead the Cleveland Cavaliers by the score of 50 to 39. As we continue, yeah, you did, Butch. You you said it. <laughs> as we continue our round table, uh, Butch, uh, time for another topic from you uh, as far as what's on your mind in the world of sports. 
<laughs> How about let's uh, be be kind to you here, man. Uh, we talked about the portal earlier, there, and we didn't get your answer on about the portal, man. So express yourself for the time being on uh, what you think about the portal. Yeah, but you know, with the portal, I, I kind of have mixed feelings on it. Uh, obviously, I did mention a little bit earlier about the athletes that enter the portal, you know, looking for a better situation, looking for maybe more eyes on them. If if they have inspirations or aspirations, I should say to, uh, you know, make it into professional sports. Uh, I, I can see that part of it. You know, many times an athlete might be drafted or recruited by a coach, uh, maybe his junior year of high school or even his senior year of high school, he gets to that university and maybe there's a change in coach, a change in philosophy, and he or she is on the outside looking in, or maybe that you know, maybe they're just unhappy at, at the school, and, and instead of being locked into a, a four-year contract, if you will, it gives players more of an opportunity to better themselves and their situations and to stay in school. So I, I don't think I don't have a problem with that aspect of the transfer portal. Again, looking at the the smaller schools, and I go back to Lake Superior State University here locally. With, with their hockey program, I mean, it's tough enough being the smallest Division One school in any sport in, in the nation in college hockey. And when you have the, the big guns like the North Dakotas and the Bostons and, and the Michigans that you know, players have the option to go to. And, and we're seeing that this season or after this season, we've seen it in other seasons as well with the transfer portal. I, I guess that that's the, that's the downside of it. You know, that's kind of a personal thing because of being, you know, our area's college team and the disadvantages that they might have. So I think overall the setup is good, but you know, there are some, some detriments there as far as the, the smaller universities maybe not getting a fair shake and, and, and losing good players. Yeah, when you speak of Lake Superior University, and one of the things I spoke of earlier when I was talking about is, is the jump from the Canadian teams that they can harvest from there. Yeah. With that portal now, it opens up the ground for many other teams, you know, where they're not in, at that advantage there, uh, are getting those particular players. Now, Again, it's all about Lake Superior. Are they, uh, you know, how many local people are they looking for here? And I'm talking about not in Canada, but in the United States there. Because again, we have some talented kids there. And Lake Superior is not a slop in the mud type of school that no. you can go to. It's one of the, you know, the, one of the top ranked schools when it came down to hockey there. And I know it hurts them to have to go through this rebuilding mode that they have to go through there. But, again, it's not going to get any better until coaches come to terms that they got to look at the talent in their state first. That should be the first point of the pickings there. And then when they do that and start filling these rosters up, you will get priority players to come to you there. Butch, uh, this news just broke a, a couple hours ago, and we talked a, earlier with David McKegg about the Memorial Cup being canceled this season for the second straight year as the government of Ontario has uh, inst instrumented uh, more lockdowns uh, all the way through May as over the weekend, uh, the province, uh, they walked back their initial um, sweeping new police power 
hours uh, talking about how police in Ontario at that time had the right to uh, pretty much just question anyone who was out and about. And there was a lot of pushback, as there should be, as far as I'm concerned, with that. But the Western Hockey League, also part of the uh, Canadian Hockey League, they just announced here this afternoon that they are canceling their playoff season. They did start the season back in February with a condensed schedule. Ontario Hockey League, they have not started any season. It looks very unlikely that they will. Quebec uh, Junior Hockey League, they are having some playoff format. But, you know, it, it just goes to show that the differences in the two countries as far as trying to combat this pandemic in the United States, you know, the leagues are playing, the high school sports are playing. And in Canada, it doesn't seem like anybody's playing. So I just wanted your overall thoughts on that. It, it seems like it's two different worlds uh, as far as COVID-19 with Ontario and Michigan right now? Well, it's a matter of things that you're looking at. And, again, the only reason Memorial Cup is not happening there because, again, you got those teams in the United States, such as the Grand Rapids right. and Portland on the West Coast there. Just name two of the schools, not schools per se, but the organization, minor league organizations, that uh, tremendously fill up the uh, – Memorial Cup uh, extravaganza there. And with that not being able to travel or cross the, each other's borders, that makes that very impossible for that particular uh, uh, party to happen. In, 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 again, a relegated cases of the particular situation, though, you know, it, it's, it's bad because, again, you know, the, the difference in the United States, and, and I say this wholeheartedly, the bottom of my heart, as much as I like to see children happy, in many cases, I to see what uh, many people are going through right now, and we're so much behind, at least in Michigan, as far as getting shots and all, I think that has a lot to do with it there. And, you know, I would like to see, uh, I would, wanted to see them just shut it down, okay? Shut it down, get everybody in the sink of getting shots getting their vaccine when they're able to get it. In this case, you got many parents, and they use political methods or whatever it may be. What their reason is is that, you know, I can't challenge. But, again, it's not helping the situation when it comes down to combating uh, COVID-19 with getting the shots and testing there. Yeah, absolutely, Butch. And uh, you're you're uh, you're right on point talking about that. And, you know, we do see some of the sports stadiums like the Texas Rangers and others that have uh, lots of fans. We see others that have none or limited. At what point do you see a, a scenario where, you know, come maybe fall or winter where we have uh, capacity crowds. I mean, I have a hard time seeing that's going to happen anytime soon, but I'm a little pessimistic. What say you? I'm pessimistic and realistic and two different things. Yeah. Kind of realistic in the situation that we haven't talked about the National Football League with 19 teams right now. Don't even want to go to voluntary workouts right. for reasons being that we haven't laid out a good covert plan where we can keep each other safe as uh, as athletes there, uh, much less the staff members and the coaches. So again, it's 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 bad because we haven't had a game plan in order. And uh, if I had to do, if I was the boss, they'd probably be mad with me throwing tomatoes and everything. <laughs> These 
kids would not be in school, be participating in that until I can get some guarantees that they can get their shots and go through the motions. You can always move football in the spring and then take a break. If you want to have football, maybe ladder for a little. Let's face it. We're going to have to make a whole lot of adjustments here in order for people to be happy if they want sports to go on, or we're going to have to make the big sacrifice and say, hey, look, let's get first things done first, and that's where you get, you kind of applaud Canada in this there. They want everybody to get vaccinated, and then they can kind of go ahead on and, you know, free the land and whatever it may be, and where you can launch and do what you please there, because, again, when you have a percentage of your 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 population vaccinated, much less you're going to be seeing a whole lot of things coming up and being sick and all. Butch, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start thumbs up to 47-year-old Stuart Sink. I always give thumbs up to anybody older than me that's still competing at a professional level in sports. There's not a whole lot, but Stuart Sink won the uh, PGA tournament this weekend, the RBC Heritage Tour on Sunday, uh, as he had a four-shot route over Harold Varner. He played with a guy that was half his age, and he had his son as his caddy. Way to go, Stuart Sink. Kind of having a late career resurgence, and and that kind of shows the unpredictability of golf. It's, It's nice to see names like Stuart Sink get up there and have success. Good job, Mr. Sink. Thumbs down to Mother Nature. Boy, Mother Nature always uh, tends to play tricks on us during these times, Butch, as she will with you guys down there. It looked like we were getting the spring sports season in and, and things were going well, and all of a sudden Mother Nature said, not so fast. We still got some some April weather and some snow showers and some winds. It's pretty cold today. It's not going to be cold this week, or it's going to continue to be cold up here this week and so thumbs down to mother nature come on we deserve something it's been a long year and a half with covid or however long it's going to be mother nature shine upon us let's get some warm weather butch let me be the old fart in this particular situation there (laughs) (laughs) thumbs up for the university of michigan women's uh, gymnastics that is a hell of a dog on accomplishment for them the first up there uh Many years of being good at this stuff there. And with all the controversy going on with gymnasts in general there, it's good to see some smiles on some people's faces. And, men, and also the men's teacher as well who, who did pretty well with the uh, University of Michigan. Thumbs down. Ugh, it's kind of sticky there, but I would say thumbs down to, mm, I don't know. Let's say thumbs down to, People not doing what they're supposed to do to get there, be vaccinated there. Let's uh, put the pressure on the general public there. And you got to close it down. Pay the unemployment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the path of normalcy is to the vaccine as far as I'm concerned, Butch, and that is well said. Butch, brand new edition of your show, Butch on Sports, last night, uh, which you can find on your webpage, Simply Butch 2, that's com or on the GameSportsShow.Podbean.com. What's in store for Butch on Sports this week, sir? Who knows? Yeah, we might <laughs> be talking about the snow and how high it is and how the Tigers going to have to... Uh, just get away with not having the game, but guess what, boys and girls? The draft is this weekend. So I think it's, it's this weekend here. Yeah, next next weekend. Next weekend. Yeah. If the draft is this weekend, we'll start talking about the draft and probably put up the question and then and 
pounding many people there again. Who's Detroit going to get first round draft pick there? It's a lot of needs. Uh, we kind of let's uh, we'll go into detail with that there. Butch Davis joining us on the game again. Butch, a very happy birthday to you. I hope you enjoy your night, and we will talk to you next week on our next edition of the game, sir. Oh, I will. All <laughs> right. That's good to hear. Indeed. That's going to do it for our show tonight. Again, if you want to hear the full two-hour version of the game, you can find it later on tonight on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Don't forget, we'll be joining Detroit Pistons basketball right after the broadcast. They are late in the second quarter. The Pistons lead Cleveland by 10. For Butch Davis and David McKeg Jr., my name is Scott Nason. We'll talk to you next week for our next edition of the game here on ESPN 1400. Thanks for listening to the game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's sports leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.